This podcast is brought to you by the International Budget Partnership and the International Institute for Environment and Development as part of an effort to explore issues, ideas, and examples of promising work at the intersection of people, planet, and public finance. Support for the podcast comes from the Swedish Postcode Foundation. When it comes to the impact of the climate crisis, Bangladesh is one of the most vulnerable countries in the world. The risks of more extreme weather events, unpredictable rainfall, and rising sea levels, and the threats that these pose for people's lives and livelihoods, particularly for those who are poor, for women, and for those otherwise marginalized, could scuttle the country's goals of reducing poverty and becoming a middle-income country. It's within this context that the International Institute for Environment and Development has released Bearing the Climate Burden, How Households in Bangladesh are spending too much. A new study that looks at how the costs of responding to the climate crisis in the country are being shared among people and families, government, and international donor institutions. The results may surprise you. I'm Delaine McCullough with the International Budget Partnership, and I'm joined today by the study's co-authors, Paul Steele, Chief Economist at IIED, and Sheikh Iskander, Senior Lecturer in Economics at Kingston University, London. Paul and Sheikh, thanks for sharing this important new study with us. And Paul, just to get us started, would you tell us a little bit about bearing the climate burden? What was the focus of the analysis you did, and how do you see it contributing to the broader climate finance discussion? Thank you. So in order to address climate finance, both mitigation and, uh, and adaptation are required. And for both of those, money is obviously key. There's been a lot of discussion at the international level about how to raise $100 billion, which would go from developed countries to developing countries. But there's been almost no attention to national government spending and nothing at all on how much households themselves are spending. That's ordinary people on the front line of climate change. And our hunch was that they were bearing the burden of climate change. So we set out to test that. Up to now, this question has remained unaddressed because of a lack of data. But we were able to identify a good data set from Bangladesh to address this gap in the knowledge. So we set out to see how much households are spending. And the results are shocking. They showed that households are spending considerably more than their own governments and much more than the international community. Thanks for the overview, Paul. You know, this question of what people are spending in response to climate change hasn't received the attention it deserves. So this research that you've done really helps to fill a critical gap in the climate finance discussion. Can you start us off by telling us what you found? So the numbers are pretty stark. Rural households in Bangladesh are spending $2 billion per year on responding to climate change. That means both disasters and preparing before and after those disasters happen. And that $2 billion is double what the government of Bangladesh spends and 12 times what the international community spends. We also had data on the difference between male and female-headed households, and we found that although um, they were spending similar amounts in absolute terms, because female-headed households have lower per capita incomes, we found that female-headed households were spending three times as much on climate change as a share of their incomes compared to male-headed households. So clearly, for female-headed households, climate change is a huge priority and needs more attention. That's probably one of the most disturbing findings of your study, because so many countries, including Bangladesh, and certainly a lot of the international actors, are putting a lot of focus on how women are often disproportionately at risk of climate hazards that are driven by climate change. 
and had the least ability to respond. This study seems to speak to that directly. What I wanted to ask next is that a lot of the people who are living in rural areas in Bangladesh have fairly low incomes. And so, Sheikh, would you tell us a little bit about what the study found about where people were getting this money that they were spending in response to climate change or to protect themselves from climate change? And is this mix of funds different for women or do they have more difficulty in getting these funds? Thank you, Dylan, for asking this really important question. Just like many other countries, rural Bangladeshi people also normally go for two alternative sources. They can either spend out of their private savings to tackle climate change. Another potential source is uh, microcredit or other formal or informal financial institutions. And definitely there's some specific differences when you look at the access males and females normally have to these alternative sources of financing, especially when we are talking about microcredit or other formal institutions like banks and informal sources like local local loan sharks. In terms of access, females definitely have better access to microcredit. That's the general norm of microcredit programs in Bangladesh. But the problem here is microcredit comes with higher interest rate and formal sources of loans, they normally come with lower interest rate, but their processing time is way longer than microcredit. That's something victims of climate extremes or climate change are facing in Bangladesh when it comes to financing their coping or adaptation strategies. So what you're saying is that if you're male, you've got more access to banks and other formal institutions, and you're probably going to be able to secure funds at lower costs because of that. Whereas if you're female, you're probably going to be relying on microcredit and other informal sources. So you do have access to funds, but you're more likely to be paying higher interest rates for those funds. Uh, Exactly. Just like Paul was giving you some context, many of these households, especially when you are talking about female-headed households, they normally are households with lower income, less property rights or secure properties. And in the process, they don't really have access or proper access to banks and other formal sources. And the only remaining option charges higher interest rates. On the other hand, male-headed households can go for either formal sources which have lower interest but higher processing time and they also can access local informal sources such as local loan sharks. But that's a problem because if you get some funding from this type of informal sources, then you can get stuck in a long-term credit trap. I wanted to know what you found in this study and just from your experience in Bangladesh in relation to how the spending and borrowing is affecting the security of lower income households. Uh, Thank you. This is really important because of these apparent welfare implications. Just looking at simple budget analysis, we identified something pretty simple. Spending your savings for this type of emergencies like climate extremes reduces your capacity to spend money on other important items like your daily consumption, spending or investment on your children's 
हेल्थ केयर एंड एजुकेशन एंड ऑल दीज आर रियली इम्पोर्टेंट स्पेशली मोर इम्पोर्टेंट फॉर द स्पेसिफिक कॉन्टेक्सट वी आर रिसर्चिंग हियर फॉर बांग्लादेश फॉर रूरल कम्युनिटीज दे हैव रियली स्मॉल अमाउंट ऑफ मनी टू सर्वाइव ऑन एंड दे ऑल्सो हैव दिस एडेड बर्डन ऑफ क्लाइमेट फाइनेंसिंग एंड यू कैन सी दैट पॉवर्टी और क्रॉनिक पॉवर्टी लोअर हेल्थ स्टेटस एंड लोअर एजुकेशनल स्टेटस all these things are regular problems in rural bangladesh my personal experience from you know being born and brought up in rural bangladesh and my academic experience or expertise of doing research on bangladesh together give me the impression that uh, it's an important problem that we have identified so there's just a real opportunity cost that poor families are paying it affects the families themselves but it affects the entire country at IBP and also at IIED we emphasize the importance of making sure that the people who are most affected by issues have a real voice in the process of coming up with the government's policy responses given the findings from your study shake what role are women playing in the formal needs assessments around climate change and what role do they play in discussions about solutions and responses to other climate change planning and decision making processes uh, thank you I would like to answer this equation in two different parts first a little more focus on women's contribution which is in percentage terms three times higher than male headed households this is really important issue it's basically a behavioral issue because women normally manages the household and in the process become more caring especially for their children and especially for their managed properties so we were not really surprised to identify this result but together with statement of result that women or female headed households are basically poorer than male headed households and still they are contributing almost equal absolute amount now these actually made their participation in the decision making process more necessary and important but that's not really happening in reality so from my experience of working in bangladesh on these related issues i came to know there are advocacy groups working to promote women empowerment and women participation in decision making process kind of a bottom up approach to make the voices from the rural or community level heard in the decision making process it's an ongoing process now something encouraging we can focus on at this moment the government of bangladesh through the bureau of statistics recently surveyed almost 150000 households and identified on the basis of that survey data needs and other issues of climate vulnerable regions in bangladesh so some works are ongoing at this moment but still it's not at the ideal level women need better participation in the policy making process Yeah, I agree. And and I guess in some ways the situation in Bangladesh is not unexpected. I think that in looking at countries throughout the region as well as throughout the world that this is a critical issue and that governments and civil society and international actors really do need to do more to see women not just as being at higher risk from climate change, 
but also as having more information about needs and about priorities, as well as potential solutions. And so just to look at the bigger picture based on your findings, Paul, what would you call on national and subnational governments in Bangladesh to do? And then what would you call on bilateral, multilateral, and private sources of international climate finance to do? Right. Well, that's a really crucial question, and it goes to the heart of our recommendations. And the recommendations are twofold. The first is that the international community and the government of Bangladesh must spend more And secondly, they must spend better. They must spend more because, as we've seen from the paper, there's this huge gap between how much households are spending, which dwarfs how much the government and the international community is spending, and that gap needs to be closed. And secondly, there needs to be better spending. So it's the quantity as well as the quality of the climate finance, which is crucial. In terms of the better spending, we need to make sure that the spending matches the priority of poor people themselves in the areas that Sheikh was outlining and that we need to get the money down to where it matters. This can be achieved in a number of ways, which we set out in the paper. It can be managed through social protection schemes and also more low-interest loans, as Sheikh was setting out. So that's basically the way to do it, more and better spending by the international community and by governments. Great. And also, can you tell us just a little bit about how IIED is planning to use this research to inform and further your climate finance work? And uh, do you have any plans on following up on the study? So we have a work stream called Money Where It Matters, where we look at getting climate finance down to the local level, where local means households, local NGOs, small and medium scale enterprises, and local government. We've just recently heard that the UNDP may have funds to take forward the work in Bangladesh. And we also want to look at other countries to see if our initial findings from Bangladesh holds true elsewhere. It's also crucial that we collect more information that corroborates our findings. So we want the national statistical agencies such as the Bangladesh Bureau of Statistics to start routinely collecting data on how much households are spending. And then we can use that data to track how much households continue to spend in the future and whether the gap is closing and whether they're being relieved of some of the burden on spending. It's great to hear that you're going to be expanding on this research and looking at different countries because it provides some really important information and it challenges some of the assumptions that many who are looking at the climate crisis and how best to respond hold, which is that poor people, women, people who are marginalized, how they're victims. And one of the most important things that I see this study bringing out is that they're not just victims. They're at higher risk. And because they're at higher risk, they're active participants in that response, including financial participants. So I think that's a really important contribution to the whole dialogue around climate finance and how to build low emission and resilient societies. Thanks very much for the study and for joining us in discussing some of these findings and why they're so important. And thanks also to our listeners for joining us. If you'd like to find out more about the study, go to www. IIED.org and search Bearing the Climate Burden. And to find out more about the podcast series, please go to www.3ppodcast.org. That's the number 3ppodcast.org.